0: 500 years ago he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck and upon the skull of the man who killed his dad he said i'm mad i must eradicate piracy injustice and cruelty and all my sons will follow me so evil will believe that this
1: man can not die. G'day, this I is X Band the Phantom the Podcast. Our website is chroniclechamber.com and you can subscribe to our podcast via YouTube you or through your favorite podcast apps. Do not forget to give us a rating on your podcast app or YouTube account and tell a mate about us. This episode, we're going to revisit one of our most beloved Phantom individuals again inside Barry, but uh, going on from that discussion that we had, which was uh, episode two two five, we are going to talk about him going digital. Yes, uh, if you have been, uh, if you have missed the original news that came out uh, a few months ago, Cy uh, is going NFT. Now, I know some people are going NFT. What on earth is that? So, to best explain this, uh, not only do we have David with us. Uh, who I'll introduce in a second, but we also have the man behind it, uh, Scott, uh, who is going to explain to me and to you, the listeners, a lot more what's going on, uh, and then hopefully um, we'll all be full bottled. So then that way, uh, if you are inclined, you can use it um, as an investment piece, and we'll talk to Scott a bit about that. So, But first of all, uh, David, welcome back. How are you?
2: I'm doing great, thanks.
1: Now, you've got a different shirt uh... on? Yes, thank you. Uh you've 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 ditched the lobster, you've eaten the lobster and now you're going for <laughs> <Right>. a <laughs> so exactly. Thank you for joining us again. Um hey. you know, I really enjoyed uh talking to you and your father. Uh, uh last time. Uh that podcast has been received well. A lot of fans uh, have commented, talked to me about it, enjoyed it, especially learning about your father's legacy, part you know, helping other generations of fans uh, of artists who have started off as assistants and then went on—that um, was that was a huge uh, buzz for a lot of a lot of fans, uh, not just fan and fans, but also comic fans. So, so thank you for that. Um, so the the other one that is uh, joining us, who we introduced before, is Scott. Uh, hello, Scott.
0: How are you? Very nice to meet you, Jermaine. Very well. Thank you for inviting me. Looking forward to speaking with your fans.
1: No worries. Now, um, ha- so your your full name, is it Scott Inager? Is that how you pronounce it's it?
0: Scott I but everybody pronounces it the way you just did, so it's fine. Just call me Scott.
1: <laughs> I'll just call you Scott. Um, but no, I appreciate you joining us. Um, so, uh, Scott, you're new here, so I'll get you just to introduce a little bit about yourself here. Who you yes. are, what you are, what you do for a job. And then we'll kind of yes. around to Scott, I mean, to Sybarry
0: and NFT. That's great. Thank you. Uh, just very briefly about myself. Um, I'm a licensed attorney for 30 years in the business sector. I've been an entrepreneur for over 20 years. I've started up uh, companies from startup through sale. Uh, multi seven figure sales. I started up, uh, I was the founder of a bank, which uh, is now a publicly traded bank called United Bank. I started it up in 2008, which wasn't a great year, but it was the uh, only successful IPO that year. Um, uh, it's now a financial uh, multi-billion dollar bank. Uh, we started it out as Herald Bank, and then it was acquired, uh, and today it's uh, United Bank. I started up uh, other companies that have uh, you know, gone from you know, startup through uh, sale, and this venture started uh, during COVID. I've been a, a comic collector for 50 years Um, And I've, you know, been blessed to own some of the most important comics in, um, you know, history, you know, from, you know, early Spider-Man, early uh, Iron Man. And in 2014, I learned that the highest graded first appearance of a superhero was coming up for sale. And I was very fortunate to be the one who was able to buy it. It was Ace Comics 11. Uh, It actually predates uh, Superman. So it was uh, two years after the Phantom appeared in newspapers, uh, both in the United States and internationally. So when this book came up for sale, um, I, I must be honest with you, I did not know all the lore of the history of the Phantom. So I am rather late to the game. I know uh, in Australia you know, and India and other countries like Sweden, um, this is a beloved character character. Over 80 years, uh, 100 million readership. And yet, people in the United States, where where I am, really don't understand the historical importance. And during COVID, um, I was staring at the comic book. Uh, You know, I had my closet in a temperature controlled room, and I knew it was an important piece of history. But I just realized that I couldn't sell this. I've sold almost every major key comic book that I've owned over the years to further different, you know, home ownership or you know, educational needs, but this book was different. And um, I started really exploring um, the Phantom and learning about the importance of the character and how influential it was. And I was very fortunate to be introduced to Cy, uh, who is an incredibly gifted, you know, comic book artist, but has such legacy and such history that I I don't think uh, many people in the United States realize how important he is to the industry Mm. and how important the Phantom is. Um, and what Cy did, uh, you know, with the Phantom and every and other very important uh, historical uh, books, which we can talk about. And I learned all of this during my writing of my business plan. And I was very fortunate to be joined by a team of incredible people. And I've been funding the venture. So now there's a VC firm working with us. And my intention in working with Sy. As our first artist, we, we're in dialogue with many other artists that we intend to work with, both uh, old and newer artists, is to bring the story, not just the collectible, not just the piece of art that Sai is going to bring to the fore, but really NFTs are going to allow much more in-depth interactivity between fans and collectors. And uh, at the same time, the artists. So it's our hope. Uh, And David has been phenomenal and Sai has been phenomenal in giving us access. And we've been able to do the same thing that you're doing with me right now, which is to get the behind the scenes story. And Sai has shared some incredible stories so that our collectors won't just get the digital asset from the physical asset that Sai is creating, but they'll get the behind the scenes story. They'll really be involved from the beginning of the development of the collectible to its uh, sale. Um, So we're really excited about that.
1: Yeah! Wow. Um, okay. So you're a smart cookie. You've got lots of money. You love comics, and um, you're excited by the Phantom and the history of the Phantom. Um, wow! That's uh, that's a lot of lot to digest straight away. Um, so, so how did you get into NFT? I guess is probably.
0: So during my writing of my business plan and and uh, basically getting a lot of very high powered people involved, you know, in the technology sector and the business sector, realizing, you know, the parts of my business plan which I'll explain to you. So because it's not predominantly NFT is something that developed along the lines of our uh, business um, solution, which I, I'll share with you. Um, our concept is that collectors and value are intertwined but nobody's really released that value yet so what i mean by that is is when you collect something you're hoping that the world will catch up with the value you buy it you hold it you stick it in your closet you sell it yep. Uh NFT allows you to do something that the traditional one-off sale doesn't allow you to do we can embed ongoing royalties we can embed ongoing dividends if you will ongoing um you know, value propositions that you couldn't have traditionally before this whirlwind of excitement that occurred really during covid you started seeing hundreds of thousands and if not millions of dollars of sales from banksy you know to you know the digital sales you know that went for 50 69 million dollars for artists that had never sold anything for more than a hundred dollars before in their life uh and that's a fact that's documented so what we were after is trying to utilize nfts which is just at the beginning uh, non-fungible tokens, digital assets—you know—are just at the beginning of their development. We see potentially a more functional, interactive relationship, not just with you know the the uh, artist, the brilliant artist like Cy selling his art, but rather interfacing in a way where you can learn about the history both of the Phantom and of Sai Barry. Cy Barry, obviously, is most well known for, you know, the Phantom, uh, you know, the first superhero and how he modernized that character. We we were very fortunate to speak to a historian, very well known to the Australian uh, community, uh, Kevin Patrick, uh, who is really the seminal, you know, uh, talking... Head and you know, really expert on the phantom. In fact, he uh wrote a book, The Phantom Unmasked, America's First Superhero. So just like reaching out to Sai, we felt it very important before we sell any NFTs, because we're not in the business of just selling NFTs, we're in the business of telling stories and developing history uh collect spent a year with a uh, legal counsel working on understanding the legalities and regulatory compliance that most people are not focused on and and my advantage in that regard is i'm an attorney for 35 years so mm. many companies have had rug pulling incidents and defrauded people and didn't understand that their nft was actually a token a coin and they they weren't following the banking regulations we weren't willing to go out anywhere Um, as a risk management attorney that was how I was trained mitigating risk for an insurance company my first uh, requirement wasn't the technology it was ensuring that I understood the nature of the assets that we would be dealing with as an example if you manage an NFT or you fractionalize an NFT That is now a security, which requires filing. So what we would like to do with Cy, who is the first artist and will always be the first artist that we work with, uh, although we'll be working with many other brilliant artists like Cy, the Phantom is what inspired me to write this business plan and create a company around historically underappreciated assets. As an example, if you look at Superman, which came out after the Phantom, the highest-graded superhero book, uh, the record was just recently broken, I believe, by Spider-Man, but uh, the Superman record was at $3.6 million for a number of years. I was incredibly fortunate to buy the Phantom comic book. It's a public record, so I'm not sharing anything that's you know speaking out of school. It was in a publicly traded auction, uh, so that information is available. I paid, uh, with the buyer's fees, about $6,500 for the first appearance of a superhero and the highest graded superhero ever. Now, if you compare Action Number One to Ace Comics Number Eleven, understand first that Ace Comics Eleven came out four months before Action Comics. Action Comics came out in June, June thirtieth of nineteen uh, thirty-seven, and Ace Comics came out uh, at the same. I'm sorry, nineteen thirty-eight. I'm sorry. I want to restate that. It came out in June 30th, 1938. Ace Comics first uh, came out uh, four months before that, February 17th, 1938. However, The Phantom actually was released and is acknowledged if you research it, not just with Kevin Patrick, but many other historians as the first indicia of a superhero costume, uh, you know, cave, um, you know, uh, dilated eyes. That was all done uh, vis-a-vis, you know, Lee Fox vision. And Psy, yep. as one of the greatest comic book artists, is acknowledged as modernizing that incredible superhero when he took over and he was uh, introduced to the, the Phantom. So um, we could talk about Psy's legacy, at least from our perspective. I mean, he is acknowledged as the artist of what is considered to be the greatest comic ever. Um, in many regards, historically significant comic books. Um, with Martin Luther King, he was the artist that actually created that comic book. So he has a legacy that goes well beyond fictional uh, comic art. His art is so renowned; he was selected as the artist to work with one of our uh, country's most, uh, you know, you know, uh, non-fictional superheroes, if you will. So he he's just an incredible artist and in speaking to Kevin Patrick, the historian, he acknowledged the realism uh, and the ahead of his time type of nature that his art brought to uh, the African American community. I mean, he was drawing uh, characters in that, uh, you know, within the kingdom, you know, of Bengala in a way that brought democracy, you know, and equality to characters that were caricatures by many other artists of his time so we just believe Sai is so beyond um you know his time and he's so humble and he's just when you speak to Sai, you just understand that you're standing in the presence of you know a legend and and what we're trying to do is work with legends and those that are going to become them and that's what collect's goal is to work with all kinds of artists that have underappreciated stories we we just think the world really doesn't know sigh the way we think he should be known uh, at least in the united states
1: yeah no completely agree um and you know that's one of the things that uh, chronicle chamber tries to do as well is you know try and make the fandom more recognizable uh you know archive history record history and everything like that as well so um completely understand that so so nft you've explained is a non-fungible token um for i don't want to use the word but uh, i can't think of a better word so for the dummies out there that don't quite understand what an nft is or what you know the whole digital currency is and all that um you 'll be best to explain this than, than than myself, could you explain it in i guess we'll go real 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 dumb, and then we can kind of build up on the foundation
0: if that's all right don't take me as an expert on, <laughs> you know, understand my business plan was written as this incredible value proposition was being yeah. brought to the somebody who You know, funded, helped fund a bank and and founded a bank. I didn't have any expertise in banking, nor was I, you know, an expert in credit card processing. When I was lucky and fortunate enough to become part of that, but I believe NFTs provides every man the opportunity to grow value that, you know, heretofore that uh, person couldn't build because it's not just owning something and selling it. I'm going to use the comic book that is in my closet, you know, in my temperature control room as an example. Um, So if you take something that's a physical asset, and you replicate it, because there's replicable technology now, there's lighter technology, so I can take my book and make it an absolute replica. Um, And I can make it a common replica, and I can make it a unique replica. So there's only a one of one. The digital world, if you think about it, gives you the ability to hold on to that physical asset, although in collect, what happens is the owner, me being the first example, I mean, this is how the company was created. So we will work with other collectors of amazing you know, items, has a story to share so we believe the phantom has a story to share a story that hasn't really been told yet so because i'm the founder of the company we want to use that as the model of the stories that we are looking to tell so we're going to take the highest graded first appearance of a superhero which is in my possession as an owner and we want to go beyond just the comic book itself we want to tell Cy Barry's story. We want to tell Lee Falk's story. We want to tell the Phantom story. And and with that, you understand, obviously, there are copyrights that are involved. So King Features uh, is very you know involved with anything that we do with Cy. I mean, our... Remember, I said one of the things—the precursors to me getting involved with this as an attorney and a risk management attorney—was I had my counsel advise us. Now, if you go back a certain number of years, you don't need that copyright. Like, you don't need the copyright for the teddy bear because it's over—you know, 100 years old, and and you know the company Ideal Toys that created it no longer has any rights to it. But the Phantom, uh, you know, was created in 1936. It is owned by King Features, the parent company being Hearst, you know, who we've been in dialogue with. And our intention is to acquire a license for the art. So our, Psy will develop his you know, 30 years of you know, the phantom, let's say. Let's say it's a retrospective on different things that are significant to, to Sai, right? He's going to create a physical piece of art. And what we're going to do is we're going to convert it into a digital uh, asset um, in, in the sense of a non-fungible token. We're going to replicate it, whether we're using lighter technology or we work with somebody who you know, uses Rubik's cube and makes a piece of art, which is there's a whole, you know, Mm. genre of that kind of art. We're not limited. But in the digital world, we can then take that art and offer it in unique ways, in functional ways, to different collectors. And what we can do is not a limited one-off transaction. Like if I sold my comic book, just as an example, let's say it's worth $20,000. Yeah, you don't have it anymore. We're done. I I don't have it. But think about it this way. Imagine that I am the collector in this regard with the Phantom. And I believe, uh, as Collect believes, that there is a management opportunity to go well beyond just telling the story of one comic book, but rather telling a legacy of 88 years and how the Phantom influenced the Black Panther how the Phantom influenced, uh, you know, Wonder Woman. I mean, nobody talks about that. I had a very funny conversation with Kevin Patrick because he wrote an amazing book. If you haven't, uh, you know, if your readership hasn't seen it yet, the Phantom Unmasked is an amazing historical perspective about all the influences that the Phantom has developed uh, from the dilated eyes to the first costume to so many other features, the case. You know, he's done so many things that are templates for so many... Uh, modern day superheroes, yet uh, it 's in the history if you re- even myself somebody who has been collecting for many years up until two thousand and fourteen, I was not focused on all the significance that the Phantom brought to the comic book world, so it 's my hope as a collector and my goal for other collectors to intertwine them. Their collectibles into the story, so that it's not just a comic book or it's not just a piece of Sai Barry's art, but you get to meet Cy. We're fortunate enough. Cy is like he looks like he's fifty years old. He's sharp sure. as heck. He's ninety-four years old, and he's one of the most humble people I've ever met in my life. You know, through him. he's just an amazing man, and he's told us some of the most incredible stories about Stan Lee and. The Cap Brothers and and just amazing insights. So, we don't see the collectible as a one off sale anymore. If, If that was the case, Collect wouldn't have been formed. I would have already sold my comic book and gotten my multiple. I just don't believe that something that significant should leave out the value of the story and leave out the value of the collector. What I want to do is embed both of those. Into the value. And I don't believe NFTs have done that yet. So I really don't want you, your audience, to think I'm an expert in NFTs. What I feel I am an expert in is value. Over the years, I've been able to put great teams together. And once our company is funded and I'm no longer funding the company, my goal is to take the first story in this case, the Phantom, as our model, so that we can replicate this for so many other great artists. I mean, we're talking to so many incredible artists that haven't really had a market made for them. Mm. I don't believe Sarry's art is selling for the value that it should be selling for, because I don't believe the world really truly understands mm. his genius. But in yeah. order to do that, build a market. So one of the first contracts that I signed, you know, is with a company to, to basically um, take our technology, which I, I haven't even explained yet. I'll I'll tell you what our is our distinguishing factor. It's called Tag. It's currently being beta tested, and working with an incredible AI community, uh, something called Divi Technologies, which is going to connect us, hopefully, with you and your incredible international audience to Phantom fans. Because when we do launch this NFT, who better? than you know people who love superheroes who better than people who love history who better in the first instance than people that love the phantom and really support it and understand the true significance of it so ai technology is going to allow us to rapidly build communities in a way that has never been done before so i don't want to mislead your audience to to Mm -hmm. think that i'm an expert in nfts rather i see the value of nfts Creating more value, if you will, for collectibles. I'm a collector for 50 years, so I would say I'm an expert on collecting. What Collect's going to do is to create a platform to give every industry, whether it's comics, uh, baseball cards, sports cards, non sports cards, paintings, it doesn't matter. We want to create the Google for collectors. And what that means is there is no one app. That does all the things that I can do as a comic collector. If you ask me, Jermaine, how much is uh, Hulk 180, the first appearance of the Wolverine in, in the Hulk uh, adventure series? Uh, I actually own 9.8, the highest graded. And I'm not bragging about it. I'm just saying I know when the last sale was. I know what the trend is. I know what the percentage of increases. I want to do that for every collectible space, doesn't matter what you collect, I happen to collect comic books, but every collector should have one place to go. So the first solution that collects Mm -hmm. going to offer upon funding is building that data scraping app that gives you the ability instantaneously to prospect for your collectibles in a way that doesn't exist today. There are great resources, but you have to go to that industry. I want everything under one centralized or actually decentralized uh, community where you can let the collectors add to the value of that app. So that's what Collect's first solution is. Collect's second solution is the reason I believe why Sai and David wanted to work with us. It's something called TAG. And we have an application in the patent office that we filed um, about eight months ago. So nobody's ever filed anything like this. It's a title providence associated between the collector or the creator and the asset. So it's a bio key, takes your providence and embeds it into the collectible and it associates it to the owner. Why are we doing that? Because there's so much rampant fraud in the NFT world. So I don't see myself as an expert in NFTs. I see myself as an expert in risk management. And what I want to do for collectors is lower and mitigate risk. That means We're not going to stop somebody from hijacking your portal, but we'll be able to track it almost like a title insurance does for real estate in a way that's never been done before. So if you lost your ownership, we'll find it through this title Providence Asset Association that we've created that patent for. And then we have a grade verification uh, concept that hasn't really been offered to the market because the fact is I own one of 12 um, of Ace Comics 11, but I own the highest graded. So that is important, the grade, because the value of my book sort of controls the market. The others are less valuable because they're not as high graded, but they're still incredibly significant. So if I sold, hopefully, God willing, one day for millions of dollars with collectors who understand the significance, that sets the market for somebody who owns a 6.5 or a 5.5 or a 3.5. So TAG is this interface between title ownership and the story remember we're collects all about the story we're not just looking to mm. buy and sell collectibles yep. what we want to tell the story the association between the collector the owner and the artist and then the great verification that you know verifies this uh in one fell swoop and all of that's going to be offered uh upon fundraising we've already filed the patent for it so it's a first of its kind um you know patent filing
1: okay all right um mine exploded first of all yeah <laughs>
2: that
1: <was a> <laughs> yeah yeah um, trying to understand it all so um okay so wanting to take a step back now i think i understand the process of of cyberi with this now i'm going to kind of put this in layman's terms because i am a layman and <laughs> okay can you correct me if I'm understanding the process a little bit? So yes. you have you have a piece of original artwork, in this case, a piece of Sybarry, whether it's, you know, a, a piece of original art. Now, what has happened before is, and we'll use Dan Fraser had that, um, he yep. got a commission of the movie with all the purples and the blues. So we'll use that as an example. Right. So he buys that original piece of artwork and then he copies it and that's as a physical print, something that you can hold, right? Right. Right. And and then he sells the or you know, David or slash Dan sells the the print. So digitizing it is you have the original artwork, you're making yes. a copy of it you're selling a copy of it from a digital point of view, but not do you just get a digital, you get the stories behind it, which adds value to it. So you're getting stuff that doesn't make it out to the general public, i.e. a podcast. Um, And then the owner who brought the original print gets commissions of the sale, along with Si and David and your company as well. So yeah, so
0: understanding it. Yeah. You're moving in the right direction. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, That you know, NFTs can go well beyond that, right? We're we're talking about royalties and dividends and all that. Yes. So Psy is um first we have to get a license from the owner of the actual property. Psy does not own that. Uh we do not own that. So think features would charge us for that. They will likely charge us a fee. They likely will get a percentage of that as well. So understand it's not just Psy, it's not just collect. But what what collect wants to do is make it much more functional. So think about it this way. Let's say you you didn't have the money to buy a million dollar piece of art, but you're an absolutely huge fan and you want to be able to go to a museum in this case, a virtual museum, a meta museum, where you can get the story and click a button and you will hear Psy talk about the creation of that art in his 30 years working on the Phantom. We're going to give an experience, a concierge VIP experience, where you may not own that one of one, but you will own access. So you will pay a membership. So NFTs go well beyond just buying something, as I said, because how is that any different than me holding the comic book in my hands? What I'm going to be doing with that comic book is that comic book does not belong in my closet. That comic book belongs, you know, it's a rock star. It should be traveling to India. It should be traveling to Australia. It should be traveling to Sweden. So people can see it in a museum. So people can not only see it physically, but virtually we can do the same thing. We Everything we do physically, the, the digital world will allow us to do digitally. So I can create a digital museum that will have a showcase for the phantom and add to it. Here's the beautiful part of this. Um, NFTs is the beginning of value. It's not the end. And, and even the people that are doing NFTs, like the Funko Pops who struck gold or Banksy, um, you know, or the uh, digital piece of art uh, that was sold for $69 million. The artist's name is escaping me. I'm sorry. Um, those are by Whole right? And then sell, right? Um, the kids that, uh, you know, Charlie bit my finger, you know, the two little kids that were, I don't know if you know, this—that they a hundred million people viewed their video And they wanted to go to college, so they sold it for $700,000, right? And they uh, they accessed it to an owner. It doesn't matter. The point is is that we don't see giving up the copyright necessarily as the end-all and be-all. What we believe is there's much more value to the moviegoer audience, the game-playing audience, the audience that wants to be involved but doesn't have $10 million to pay for a Funko Pop. Um, it, that doesn't mean that we won't sell the one of one print, but we're not giving up the copyright. What we want to do at Collect is give the whole world similar to what happened with Michael Jordan. And I don't know if you're aware of the story, but it makes the illustration very well. I'm going to give you two stories that will bring this home because you're really on spot on in what you're saying. During COVID, as I was writing my business plan, Michael Jordan did a documentary called The Last Dance. Now, Michael Jordan is renowned as the GOAT. You know, there's a debate about whether LeBron James, but most people in the United States believe Michael Jordan. I think worldwide believe he's the GOAT, the greatest of all time, right? So when that documentary came out, something very interesting happened. If you look at the value of the card, this perfect sports card, which is a 10, a Michael Jordan rookie card, a 1986 Fleer, right? A 10. It was worth $38,000. When I was writing the business plan, my argument was, my hypothesis was the story makes that more valuable. So the documentary, when it was done six weeks after you looked at the value was $800,000. Now, very interesting, right? But here was the problem. They didn't continue the story, right? At the end of the documentary, a whole new generation of buyers entered the market and it went from 38,000 to, I think at the height, it was 800. Then within a year, it came back down to 140,000. Now, still tremendous appreciation, but why didn't it sustain its value? That's where I believe Collect has, as the founder in writing the business plan, What my goal was, was to create value for everybody, the artist, the creator, the uh, investor. So I believe where they made a mistake was they didn't have a plan beyond the documentary. It wasn't their plan to sell NFTs or sports Mm -hmm. cards. It was just like a great documentary. But when you... Look at that story, and then you look at the corollary story, which I'm going to tell you. There's a Dr. Newman who passed away during COVID. I'm a healthcare attorney, just so you know, so I know the backstory to this. But if I said to you that Dr. Newman had one of the greatest sports card collections in history, you wouldn't have known that. But here's the problem with what happened. So Dr. Newman was on the front lines. He dies during COVID, okay, dies. His family takes one of the most incredible sports card collections, and they sell it. Remember how we started this conversation where I said, That's it. You get value. They got $6 million, whatever they got. What happened to Dr. Newman's legacy as a collector? It's gone. So, what I believe is they could have done the exact same thing. They could have sold the whole collection because it didn't mean anything to them, but still promoted his legacy as somebody who was so revered as somebody who loves sports cards. Now, those cards are held by individual collectors rather than pedigree. Imagine if those cards had the Newman pedigree, Dr. Newman and his story about how why he got into sports cards and his backstory. Nobody's going to ever know that story because quite frankly, tag didn't exist before. So you only
1: access, so sorry to interrupt. So you only access that information which gives it the pedigree, which gives it the uh the status. So it's like, you know, this card. So even if it gets sold four, five, six Hands doesn't matter, it's yeah. like Mine, you have you know that this is, I guess, certified that it was owned by that, which then you're going to get right. someone down the track who's going to try and collect as many pieces as possible. So, a good example from a phantom perspective is there was a phantom renowned collector called Ed Rhodes. David knows Ed as well. Um, mm-hmm. he was he's probably he did what we what we did i.e interviewing artists it's expanding the um the presence of the phantom in the 2000s before internet really took off you know he got a a magazine he had an um, he yeah he had an amazing art collection an amazing collection of stuff artwork just of everything, probably one of the better collections in the whole lo- in the w- whole world. He sadly passed away and now his stuff is being sold and there's been discussions between phantom collectors that it's a pity that there was no pedigree or no information that was given along with the collection. So if you're buying a piece of artwork, it's like yes. a digital certificate, which then comes with the backstory of, of Ed comes with the backstory of the artwork. So, say, for instance, if I sell my collection, this piece yes. here, it's not just a sketch cover. It is this is the artist, this is the story behind it, this is how I contacted that person.
0: It's really the story of you. If you think about it, yeah. I have a tr- I call Owner Zero. So if you, in the United States, I don't know how it works internationally. There's something called title insurance. Nobody buys real estate without doing a title search, right? Because somebody could have a mortgage on it or liens that, you know, you buy the land and you find out there's $10 million worth of debt on it. Yeah. My concept is very akin. And again, I have a little bit of an advantage being an attorney for 35 years and, you know, focused on business. So I'm trying to create the title assurance so that it's not just the story about whatever it is that you have, let's say you have the highest graded whatever, we learn about you because yeah. you're an important part. Why did you save that? Why do you have that? Now, Collect is not going to do every single publicly traded security because our goal is not to just leave it as an NFT. Ultimately, NFTs are one-off sales. If you manage them or you fractionalize them, they're securities. My goal with Collect, and I spent a year analyzing this, is how do you go from that to a publicly traded security, because that's where we want to be. So imagine you have this incredible collection of phantom memorabilia. My comic book is just the ancient artifact that people will point to and say, that started the company, but every quarter, just like publicly traded companies have to do, I need to add to the story. That's why Cy Barry, goes well beyond just my comic book, which is the highest rated first superhero. Cy Barry is the man who modernized the first superhero. He has a whole ability to do as many pieces of art as he wants, independent of us. But we have a contract with Cy to develop you know, uh, a seminal piece that's going to be very important in our archives. So we don't want to just sell the comic book you know, digitally or give you functional access to our museum. We want to add to the wing and get into the story. It's a funny story. I just want to share this with you. So one of the people who joined us, he's a very prominent uh, financier. He's been involved with a lot of different um, companies, major companies, international companies. At the exact moment I called him, he was listening to a sports show and it had nothing to do with the phantom and as i called him and you can't make this up like you can speak to him so he'll verify this his name is gene fish the person who called in was talking about the phantom and how who's going to ever make a great movie about the phantom so think about what we want to do if we do our job and create the right market i want to reinvent the phantom so that the world sees it just like how marvel reinvented itself after their awful first you know hulk movie and now it's you know part of this amazing you know um integration amongst characters i mean the marvel series is amazing in dc as well but guess what marvel and dc are not the Progenerators of the first superhero they like to tell you dc that superman is but we know king features is so my goal is to tell the truth and tell the real story and and how much influence this character has had and then hopefully that will lead to a really great phantom movie one that everybody who's a phantom fan will be super proud of i just believe that it's an underappreciated asset but i believe that this model will work for any any masterpiece whether it's already worth a million dollars or more or whether it's worth five thousand dollars you know it doesn't matter it's the story and that's what we want to get to
1: okay so i'm i'm someone who can't afford you know a you know an amazing original piece and all that but i love the phantom I love yes. learning history, you know, listening to Chronicle <laughs> Chambers only whet that appetite. I've got to get our name in there somewhere. Um, <laughs> so now there's an online museum of the Phantom. Yeah. And so I pay an entry fee. Is that like a once off? Is that a... Can we do that-
0: something. I want, I want to show you something. So I, instead of making the movie you know how great movies have these amazing sizzle reels where you see like a minute and you get really excited about it and you really want to yeah. go to the movie. So I didn't make the movie yet. I just did the sizzle reel with somebody who's like Picasso and doing these um, sizzle reels. Um, David, you have the sizzle reel, right? I, I just want to go yeah. offline for once I want to send this to you. Is it, if I send you this link, could you just throw it up so you can watch it for a second? I, I want to answer your question by showing you in one minute what our intention is. doesn't matter how am
1: I able to include it in this podcast
0: absolutely (laughs) I own it so yeah Yeah. absolutely I I just want you to understand that so that would be playing and then people would see this movie like we haven't distributed yet I went to Earth Day I think I think we have 9,000 subscribers right now remember we're not funded yet so this is all in development but you'll see a sizzle reel and you say oh my god I have an opportunity to do that. You don't need millions of dollars. You need the price of a movie ticket. So what I'm trying to say is my goal is to take collectors and allow everybody to win, not just the guy who has you know, $10 million. I, if you are a Phantom fan and you understand the significance, you should have the right to be able to invest in something in a different way. Rather than Apple stock, you're going to bet on your character that you love because you know you know, they called him a milksop, and he would go into a bar and get into a fight and kick everybody's ass and then they weren't calling him a milksop anymore, right? Yes. The phantom likes milk, so do I. I admire that. The point is, is it doesn't matter what your interest is in the phantom. It's a great investment. It's an underappreciated asset. And if done the right way, we can get the world to know that. Let me just send you this video really quickly so you can put it up on the screen. Hang on one second, guys. This will give your audience a real deep understanding Uh, of what it is that we're trying to do. Um, Here we go. So this was launched um, on Earth Day. I think right now we're at about 9,000 subscribers, but we're not operating as a business. Right now I'm working with a VC group and a core group of executives at every level to execute this vision. So, you know, once we're funded, then we're going to build the app that gives every collector the ability to have access to the same tools that I have as a comic collector. So that's phase one. Phase two is to incorporate tag into every collectible so that you never have the problem of people stealing or misrepresenting their ownership of a bank seat, or whatever the case may be. That's what tag Uh, And then step three is allowing you to invest in something, whether you have a million dollars or $10 doesn't matter. You should have the same ability to invest in stock as you do in, you know, this, uh, world, this new digital asset world. So that's where collect is going. So I just sent David the, uh, the video about the phantom. So the birth of the first superhero. So now imagine the movie behind that. That's what I want, where I want to be at the end of the day. I want to tell the documentary, but I also want to help make, the greatest movie ever about the greatest superhero ever. Um, So this is the trailer that we put together.
2: awesome so thank you for sharing that with
1: us um if you this will be a good one if you are listening to us via audio uh, i do recommend jumping onto youtube and having a, a bit of a, a look of that as well very um uh cinematic uh, got me excited so um I, I'm assuming the next question is, is when are you funding the next Phantom movie? Um. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'll let you talk to Steve Cohen from Fitzgibbon, my VC. Um, <laughs> part of this is I, I've worked with some of the most amazing people, you know, that have put their trust in the vision. Um, yep. You know, I really think business plan, I've, I've been involved with uh, writing a lot of business plans, but it's always a win when you can give everybody um, something, a grading mm. company. Artist, um, you know a uh, you know technology. It's amazing that in this business plan, there is nobody that is a loser. It's just winners. So, you know, it, it's just going to make collecting easier. It's going to provide artists market making. It's going to allow collectors to be a part of the story. I mean, I didn't even share with you during COVID. I bought 156 acres of property. Um, if you can envision this. 10 years from now, because it's like way down the road. My goal is to allow people like the collector that you had mentioned to have not just the artists like Cy, who obviously will be in the Hall of Fame, uh, the Collector Hall of Fame that we're intending on building, but the collectors who bring these great stories to light. Um, They're so much part of the story um you know we have a collector we've been speaking to who rescued uh artwork uh of this amazing artist who had to change her name uh from uh, female to male because she couldn't sell her art uh back in the day it's a very prominent story and he he bought you know 250 pieces of art from the um from the uh you know estate and he was so proud when he met me he was saying to me how he had sold five pieces and he got five million dollars and I said you know you're dispersing these amazing pieces of art to the collective community and that's wonderful that you rescued it but wouldn't it be great if your pedigree was embedded in that art so that when you sold it everybody would know that it was you who rescued this story and was able to tell it in a much bigger way see to me you can only look at part of the story if you look at that Michael uh, Michael Jordan Last Dance story. Yes, there's tremendous value and NFTs have verified that. But I think what people are missing is the collector is so much a part of the love of the character. And I think there's a way whether you're investing in it because you don't own you know those pieces and you just want to support it because it's your favorite stock, if you will, mm-hmm. or Or if you're a moviegoer and you just, you know, you're a lover of history, it's so important to me to include all of the different aspects of the collecting world. I just think that what Collect wants to do is new age collecting. Like we could all do well Mm -hmm. together. You don't have to fight with other people to get, you know, one piece, as as happened with the uh, Constitution recently. I think some one collector paid $49 million and outbid a consortium of 10,000 people. Uh, Mm -hmm. One person, multi billionaire, outbid a consortium of 10,000 collectors. Now, had we been involved and funded, we would manage it. All we want to do is manage it. So if we get that piece of art, we don't want to ever own it. We want to let you own it, the world, and invest mm-hmm. in it let it travel. Because these pieces are rock stars. Once you embed the story into it, even the Constitution that was sold for $43 million or $49 million, think about the stories and go, that yeah. go into the creation. The Constitution. It's just so much bigger than that, you know. So
1: one of the things I love doing is going and seeing people's collections and learning about the story behind it. How did you buy yeah. it? Why did you buy it? Was it because yeah. you know it was the first comic you ever read? Was it the first this or was it you know what was the story? What was the lengths you had to go? You know, did you have to wait in line for four hours to be able to speak to this artist? And, yeah. and I guess and. There's a TV show I'm sure we've all seen, it, American Pickers, and like yep. uh, these guys. And great, the th- great show. The, one of the things that I love about that is not you know because they never find phantom stuff, so it's not that. But is the stories of the old codger who's collected yep. this thing and has held on to it, and then he tells the story about behind the piece. I'm actually involved right now in helping a guy clean up a yard that he's been in the yard for 50 years and I have (laughs) spent you know probably you know 10 hours plus just walking through this yard with him and he's telling me a a weird story how he got this a weird story about why why he brought this this is worth nothing but he liked the functionality of it or, or, or whatever behind it so I guess that's what you're saying is you're digitizing history of that piece as well
0: and and not just that piece because again i think the mis- misnomer because remember i was a collector for 50 years yeah. so i'm guilty of this right i've had some of the most amazing i've had amazing fantasy 15 like five times and i've sold it every time to further different interests in my life for law school and you know putting a down payment or whatever the case may be and it's helped me in my life um but what i realized with this book this ace comics 11 uh 7.5 cgc 7.5 if you look it up there are 12 graded books they estimate that there are about 100 action ones and 45 are graded okay there are 12 graded ace comics 11 now i believe there's a number of reasons for that there's a mule on the cover if you look at it um you know it's not as interesting i don't think as the superman book so there's you know five times as many those books out there but it doesn't matter the reality of it is is you get into the history of the phantom you can't debate the fact that it's the first superhero costume. You can't debate the fact that it was replicated, the uh, the eyes, the uh, image of the dilated eyes. That was created by Lee Falk because he believed the mythology characters from Greek history, it was intended, but it was because the eyes wore off of the statues over the years. These are incredible stories, but then look at all the other superheroes that copied it. Look how Batman, uh, Bill, uh, uh, Gil Kane even acknowledged that a lot of Batman was based on the phantom it's still not written about but the wonder woman character look at all the things in the phantom that show you that they copied that the the female pilots from the amazon you know there's just so many things that influence so many different characters and yet nobody's really ever got into the heart of that influence and look at the industry it's a multi-billion dollars industry and according to kevin patrick the granddaddy of them all the one that started it all Was the phantom. So I believe it's my legacy to bring that story to light with people like yourself and your organization and Cy Barry and other people that have loved that character a lot longer than me. I want to show a model of taking an underappreciated unknown story and creating more value by doing what you just said, embedding that story. Bye. Yeah.
1: So for those who are wanting to know, uh, we have had Kevin Patrick on this podcast, episode 83, I believe it is. Um, now, David, you had a question. I can't remember the question, but it was a good question. Um, and it was from another point of view. Could Do you think you could re-ask sure. it and we can kind of
2: go sure. from there? I think it would be helpful for everyone listening to Scott to understand a little bit more about the mechanics of how, a collector gets their hands on an nft or some fraction of an nft by by needing to have the right currency setting up an account um buying an nft online um what maybe you can just describe the mechanics of how that will work so that when an nft that Psy has produced or done the original drawing for comes out, how, how do they sort of manage that purchase process? So I think
0: the way it's being done now is problematic. So I, and another reason why we're not in market yet, um, in, in addition to not being funded as, as of yet, but I believe the way the market is set up is, is. Problematic, and I'm going to explain what I mean by that. I talked about why we spend so much time with le- uh, le- you know legalities and working with counsel. Many of the collectibles are tied in to the uh, tokens that are purchasing them. So what that means is, if Ethereum goes down in value or Bitcoin goes down in value, if you intertwine the uh, NFT with the uh, coin, you have a problem because your your collectible is based on the value of that token. So I want to have a separate title, legacy token that has nothing to do with how you acquire it. We believe that Ethereum, Bitcoin, money, uh, the pound, you know, whatever it is, you know, European currency—it doesn't matter. The collectible is a standalone item. So there's lots of wallets. Uh, to David's point, there's hundreds of different wallets, including just the traditional wallets that most people have. But now that cryptocurrency has become more popular. What we want to do is just, just let the collectible be a standalone value and let the currency that acquires it be a standalone value, but the two shouldn't be intermingled or commingled. So the way collect sees it, because I, I'm not trying to compl- complicate it, but I want it to be understood today. You can go on different platforms and acquire NFTs, but to some degree, many of the wallets are commingled between the, uh, the, uh, wallet coinage. And the actual collectible and you see tremendous value depreciation when there's a uh, problem with the cryptocurrency world but if you do it the way we're setting it up which is the the token that has to do with legacy has nothing to do with the acquisition it's something that we've set up so as an example just imagine a bio key with Psy. we have his fingerprint we have his eye scan we have his dna just however the technology people set it up size dna is embedded in terms of a digital print into his actual artwork so in real time that token has nothing to do with anything other than size legacy so everything that we build around that artwork his story you know uh interfaces with other artists you know a documentary about sai you know whatever it is we can show to a different degree, that title chronology. So that's a different token. The way we want it to be acquired is to work with every wallet. We will not exclude any wallet as long as their interface doesn't commingle the value of that token with the value of our collectible. So as long as they're paying for it, let's say Ethereum is worth a dollar on the day that we uh offer it, then. You know, if the the artwork is worth a thousand dollars, then you need a thousand, you know, pieces of that coinage. Their coinage should have nothing to do with the value of the collectible. The collectible is a standalone value that will go up or down based on what the collector perceives. So to answer your question, we want to work with every single type of coinage that is a legitimate coinage that has a value that people have in their wallet and then convert it such that the collect token can then convert to give them, you know, the item that they're acquiring. We just don't want to be involved with you know the fluctuations of different tokens. So in real time, people will pay for that based on whatever the coinage that we accept. Gold, so does that
1: does that dollar. include like more traditional means like PayPal
0: and bank transfer? It will it will include everything in our in our model. I'm not speaking yeah, to yeah. anybody else's yeah yeah. In our model we're an, we're an equal opportunity lender, but what we will not allow our, our blockchain uh, that we're testing with a company called Helix, that, that title providence, that storytelling ability is not the same token as the acquisition token. Remember, I want to be able to tell you if you acquire a piece of our collectible from Collect, uh, that we're in this case working with Scion, that you can, even if you lost or you got hacked, we have a title ledger That is impenetrable. Nobody will be able to do anything with your your art if it was stolen or you were hacked. Um, Because we can go back and say, no, the title providence of that is this person because we have a separate ledger. So we see the acquisition and the title providence as two totally separate things. And that's not happening right now with NFTs. You've literally seen this over and over. I can send you 100 articles about the guy who says he owns a Banksy. And he takes a print and he puts it up. Because they haven't created the title ledger that I'm suggesting, which is done routinely for land. What I want to do is, as an example, if I create a piece of art at the time, if Collect works with Psy in real time, our, our tag is a perfect score because we can show you in real time it was created by Psy and we have a contract with Psy and then we're going to put our digital print in at that time, whatever that is, that encrypted bio key but my comic book was created in 1938 so even though i've owned it my it may be a 80% or a 90% tag i can't give you 100% cuz i wasn't there when it was first created but because i bought it at a public auction but because it's graded by CGC the you know considered the gold standard because i um, you know have the the proof and emails that show collect even though i'm the founder i'm doing all these steps i'm going through the tag process so that when you as a buyer come in you have all these pieces of evidence not just buying an nft but you have the emails going back to when i bought it the auction that occurred in 2014 the cgc grade tag does all Acquisition. we want the coinage to be separate from the collectible but we also want to have a coin that does that ledger that uh legacy that separates the um you know the fraud opportunity and that has not been done in the nft world at this point as far as we're concerned
1: okay okay um yeah like i said before mine totally blown uh, <laughs> trying yeah. to trying to keep trying to keep up um and I'm worried about keeping everyone's time and and stuff like that as well. Um, so, you you've talked a bit about the steps. When would I guess the average fan who are uh, be able to see this? What 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 time frame are we looking at?
0: So the art that Sai is going to create is going to be done over the next three to six months it's really up to Psy. we're not in any rush we, because remember it's not the collectible it's talking yeah. to size well I have a yeah. team you know that's won 18 Emmys and has already started interviewing Psy. and I'm more interested in the story I mean Cy's art's going to be absolutely amazing by an artist who's a legend and what we want to do for the fan is to create the market so that they really understand here's the man who was selected not just to do the first superhero which in and of itself is absolutely amazing he modernized that character but he's the man who did you know x y and z he's the man who you know was in the room with so and so when such and such happened that's the behind the scenes that i want to show as a collector you get much more than the collectible that's what i think collect's going to bring to the table but in terms of that once that's done A license will be acquired, um, you know, from King Features. Um, They will be a partner with us. (coughs) And like with the comic book, that doesn't end it for me. That's just the beginning. Mm -hmm. Cy can do as many pieces of art as he wants with collect, but he's also free to do outside work with anybody. But again, we Mm -hmm. have to follow together, you know, the, the ownership. And in this case, King Features would be a big part of that. My goal is to create a security about the phantom so that the average fan can invest in something down the road. So we go beyond NFTs and ultimately it's a publicly traded company. We start with the what I believe to be the most historically significant comic book an underappreciated comic book. And we go to Lee Falk's family. We go to Cy Barry's family. We've already started interviewing people that David has asked us to speak to. And the goal is to create much more than just a collectible, which is going to be amazing in and of itself, but make it functional. Allow it to travel. Let it become a rock star and then add to it. We're going to attract so many other artists. I'm already speaking to other artists that now are aware that Barry, you know, is going to be working with Collect once we're funded and able to launch this all over the world. There are amazing modern artists that, but for the market they're Picassos. Um, we want to tell their story and we want them to interpret the Phantom. So the goal, the end goal for me is to just bring prominence to a story that is really underappreciated worldwide. Not so much in Australia or Sweden or India, but, you know, around the world, you know, people I don't believe really truly understand the significance of the Phantom and Psy and Lee Falk and others like that.
1: So are we looking at 2023 with Odyssey? more about this and I, and I know you
0: probably don't want to put a date on it or anything like that but yeah no it's I can control what I can control so I have <laughs> and you're speak to anybody uh, on my team I have an amazing group of individuals but I'm not the fundraising team so you know there's a lot of ways we can go you know I have meetings with some really interesting people I believe the old meets the new and we started this conversation off of I'm old school you know I, I want to hold it I want to touch it and now yep. this new age about digital. And so I'm learning uh, as we go, the amazing interface between physical and digital. And so I think the whole world in NFTs is going to uh, change. I think that um, the funding, you know, allows me to implement or execute this. And it's working with people like yourself starting to get the word out. I mean, we've, I don't want to mention the names, but we've spoken to some of the most You know, the largest markets and and markets like NASDAQ and NYSE are going to totally be transformed because of what's happening today. They have no choice but to get into the micro markets, Mm. because if they don't, they're going to be dinosaurs. It's not the markets of today are not going to be the markets of five to 10 years Mm. from now. Mm. So it's my hope that we we get very young. We have a lot of people that look like me on the team i need to get very young and you know i'm meeting some really interesting people that really understand cryptocurrency and are experts in nfts i'm just the guy learning as i go yep
1: okay so if you could say one thing now the phantom there's a lot of a lot of higher-end collectors that are kind of like my age and older um yes almost 40 so we'll say 40s 50s 60s that have grown up with the character grown up with size work um but they as you can see behind me like physical artwork so what you know and and you've said a lot of stuff already and you know i'm sure there's a lot of fans that that heads are hurting can see potential have got millions one questions if you could if you could like sum it all up why should they you know there's nothing you know still keep you know collecting uh what are physical copies but why how why should they go in why should they be excited about what you're proposing
0: yeah so first i think what you said initially is really important because i have a 25 year old and a 20 year old and i think the 20 year old totally gets the digital world and the 25 year old said exactly what you said like He he owns cards, like some cards that are worth a lot of money, not sports cards, but, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon or whatever. And he just doesn't understand it to the same degree that the younger generation, I think, totally embraces it. Um, As an older guy who's been involved with a lot of businesses that I didn't understand when I got started, to me, it's just about value, right? So I see the physical world and the digital world merging together. I, I see no difference. If it has value, it has value. So- you know, the way I'm looking at it is you can teach an old dog a new trick, right? I mean, I've done this 50 years, I've done it the same way. But there's only been one comic book that I said seven years ago, eight years ago, now, I can't sell this, there's just something about this that is more important. So to answer your question, I don't think there's any difference currently today between a digital asset or physical asset, I think they're being treated the same way, the collector buys it, holds it and hopes the Funko Pop goes up to a million dollars and it's like a lottery ticket, right? I think that's entirely wrong. I think that's the wrong way to look at it. And I've been doing it for 50 years. It's not that you can't make money doing that, but imagine the legacy. If you really have gold, like I believe the phantom to a totally different degree, if people really want to sit down and understand the, the history and the legacy there's something so special there. And it touched me, somebody who didn't even know anything about the Phantom when I, you know, got involved. I just knew it was the highest graded first appearance of a superhero. I said, I have to buy it. But what I've done over the last eight years is go on a journey to really try to understand it better by having an opportunity to speak to Sai Barry, by speaking to Kevin Patrick, by being, you know, very thankfully introduced to you. And hopefully your fans will this will resonate with. I just think we're at the beginning of a tidal wave of understanding what NFTs are and cryptocurrency is. It's not going away. It's just a smarter. Coinage. It's a smarter way to collect. And so I just think it's based on value. It's the same reason why I believe electric cars are going to take over the market and gas cars are going to go away. Why would you want to have 500 moving parts? If your maintenance could be like zero, you have three moving parts and your gas costs go down to pennies instead of four or five or $6 a gallon. I don't know what it is in Australia. The point is, is it's only based on value that that's why electric cars ultimately are autonomous cars are going to take over the market. I believe this is a smarter way to collect thus my calling it collect a new age way of collecting. It doesn't have to be a fight to the death. You and I don't have to compete necessarily to the death. We can all participate and invest together and make a lot of money if we are spending our time researching and really understanding because people want to invest in the story. That's what it's about. It's a movie-going audience. It's not just a one, you know, I I was the first to the game. I have this one comic book. You can invest in it. You can have a fractional ownership in my game. You can invest in that comic book once we get into the security, just like you can do that right now on uh, Masterworks. You can take a Banksy and fractionalize it and become a security. Where I think they're going wrong is they're just focused on the collectible. I just think there's so much more value once I get involved with the story, and I'm able to talk to you and Cy and Lee Fox family and a 100 other people, you're going to want to invest in that because what's next? I have a mining company that wants to make the phantom ring. I don't have the license to make the the, uh, phantom ring yet. But once I do the deal with King Features, I'm going to make a phantom ring that everybody's going to want to own. So why is that? Because I passionately believe that the phantom is that special. If I'm wrong, then I'm not going to make the market. But if I'm right, I'm making a market in a way that Cy Barry's art should be selling for 10, 100 times what it's selling for. You people that have gotten in early are going to make a lot of money because you saw the brilliance, you saw the genius long before the rest of the market will catch up. But at the end of the day, collect is market making. It's taking the last dance. It's understanding what happened and how the value exponentially increased and that's why when i pitched david and sai i said it's great i think your art's great you know i can go out in the market right now and buy a piece of a Sai barry but that's not what i want to do at collect i want to work with you to help your legacy and your history and your provenance be understood and then i believe your value is going to go to the next level and that's what our job is
1: okay um thank you uh david quick question for you Why is this
2: important for
1: you? Well,
2: one of the reasons why is because the original artwork that uh, we own um, doesn't go on forever. I mean, there's a finite amount of artwork that we, uh, original artwork that we have to make available to fans. And I think the NFT opens up, just so many other opportunities for other people to participate. Um, So that's one of the reasons why I am interested in pursuing this with Scott. And I also think that um, it's going to just open up some new, new opportunities for us that don't exist today. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I suppose there's also the legacy issue as well uh, where, you know, yeah. with with what, you know, you're doing podcasts with us, you're, you, you've you done your own stuff, you're doing this with with Scott and all that. Um, you know, you, you and I know how much of a legend Sy si Barry is, but unfortunately not everyone yeah. does yet. So I guess there's the ensuring that when people, you know, 50 years' time are talking about legendary artists, they're talking, you know, or, or comic creators, Sy si Barry's name is in there as well. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Could
0: I? Could I something out to you, which would yes. be very helpful to, um, as we go through our fundraising um, uh, with RVC? Um, I would like to hear from you and your fans. I, I, first of all, I don't know how many people you reach, but I understand this is an international, you know, audience that you speak to. I would love to hear from Phantom fans and help us. Um, you know, as Kevin Patrick and as Cy and David have done understand what they want. Um, You know, I have this comic book and, you know, it is my goal to fractionalize it digitize it make it into a form that the fans will absolutely love give them access to a museum tell a documentary story get into this in so many different levels and different ways but i would love to hear from the fans to help us and you know i don't know if you can do a survey or just throw it out um this is all new territory so we do not propose that we have all the solutions or all the answers we're looking at the nfts and we're seeing different types of access from buying a movie ticket to owning a piece of history so i would love and welcome that interface uh you know with your community and and help us at collect as we uh create you know what we hope to be a new roadway a new path uh in collecting no worries
1: so best way to contact us is email chroniclechamber at gmail.com we're on twitter facebook and instagram so uh when when you're watching this or as you're watching it on youtube or for instance like that throw in your questions uh scott will talk about doing some surveys and and stuff like that so make sure you keep an eye on our website and our social medias as well um now scott you did say something before we go and i know this is sort of unrelated with what we're talking about but you made mention of the teddy bear about how they don't have ownership of it anymore because of a certain period of time. Yes. Now, yes. Does, does, that, does that also happen with the Phantom? So in 2036, does yep. Hearst lose the rights of the Phantom?
0: So it's a complicated answer to a really good question. Um, they will lose the rights at a certain point, but I, I don't want to you know, put my legal hat on because I have a whole you know, my hundred attorneys that I speak to will get very yeah. angry at me. So I'm just of the founder. But to answer your question, um, the reason why I threw the teddy bear out is th- the Phantom is going to be the origination of Collect because it was sitting in my closet. I wrote the business plan. And, yeah. but for the, we wouldn't be on the phone together, right? Yeah. Um, it is always be the first offering that Collect ever does. But an interesting happened. Uh, thing happened on the way to the, you know, the Phantom this is replicable in so many different ways. And, it, you know, obviously you can see, you know, we have to deal with uh, copyright issues. Um, so we, we can't work directly with Psy without taking King Features into account. They own this amazing property. And, and that's a good thing. They're, they're part of the story. They should be renowned in the industry as, uh, as important as Marvel or DC. So we want to we acknowledge that as well, because that's our job. But it makes my life so much easier. And I'm just using the teddy bear because I, you know, my dad worked at Ideal Toys, the founder of Ideal Toys, you know, was aware that Theodore Roosevelt, you know, refused to shoot a a bear, you know, that Zander had, you know, was tied up to a tree and he was a sportsman. So um, when this particular individual, an immigrant uh, who moved to America, heard the story, he wrote a letter to Teddy Roosevelt and he got permission from the president to create the teddy bear. And almost identically across the world in Germany, uh, Steiff was doing the teddy bear almost identically to him. But the reason why I mentioned that is I don't need anybody's permission. Imagine the NFTs that I could do because I own a piece of history. I own one of the earliest, you know, of art from that particular cartoonist who did it.
2: The point is, is in
0: that case, there is no king features. There's just me reaching out to artists all over the world saying, hey, replicate, you know, the, what do you think the teddy bear is? And then we do the history of how it was- was created and the artist can directly contribute artwork and we don't have any intermediaries it's we don't need permission to do anything it's just whatever our imagination can you know entail whereas with the phantom we can't do that we have to take them into account because they own the property i just threw it out to you because that's really exciting to us as well because i have about five stories that i'm going to do immediately after the phantom that I really don't have any of those types of obstacles that, you know, Mm -hmm. I have to overcome. It allows the fans to get more access quicker if they like the store.
1: Yeah, no, it's just, it's just cause 2036 isn't far away. So I just, um, I was just wondering how that's going to um, uh, affect everything. Um, So obviously this is going to, if this, or, you know, if, when it, it takes off, it's going to affect, uh everything including the the fruit comic the egmont comic that and all the other comics from uh, you know india and brazil and around the world that are being produced regularly so it's going to be um you know hopefully increase the readership and the value and all that as well um so yeah so i guess it's, it's all good news um look i'm sure there are going to be like we said before the you know, a lot of people's minds are blown at the moment. Mine is, I'm going to go back and be thinking about this. I'm probably going to have 101 questions. I'm sure there's going to be fans that are going to be like thinking, why didn't Jermaine ask this question or what about this? So if you, if, if that does happen, we can, uh, fans email us, uh, email is chroniclechamber at gmail.com. I've got your contact details, Scott. I can, share I can share these questions with you we'll talk about some surveys and stuff like that because this is just the beginning this isn't the the end product this is just the beginning there's going to be a million other other things that we're going to be thinking of and and working well we would
0: like to work with you in a way that's very productive for you I mean my goal is to create value for your fans so I see this as a great collaboration going forward but again i don't want to mislead and say we have all the answers but we've spent a lot of time on the legal side of it to do it the right way so we sure. want to we would love to work with you and collaborate with you and obviously through david and and Cy's good offices uh, our only hope is to create tremendous value and legacy to cy barry you know he certainly deserves that the world really should know who he is okay cool
1: um david anything that we have
2: uh forgotten or or anything like that no i mean you know we uh we probably want to follow up at some point in time when things start getting closer and
1: Mm.
2: um, we'll fill you in with more information and and specifics and take it from there
1: yeah yeah um yeah, I'm, I'm sure we will. I uh, appreciate David uh, introducing me to Scott, um, following up with this uh, for your pod, uh, for the podcast interview we did with your father uh, before as well. I uh, appreciate it. I think everyone's going to try and buy some original artwork now before all the value goes up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so try to get I in hope. early. <laughs> um, S- Scott, is there anything that you want to quickly add before uh, we say goodbye? Yeah.
2: I'm wary of the time yeah. that
1: we have taken I out want- of
0: your one more thing with you uh, Jermaine um, and your fans Um, I mean how we feel about Psy and you know his legendary status uh, I couldn't do it any other way than you know uh, through poetry so I would love you to see what we wrote about Psy uh, and we're going to have it hyperlinked because you know he is a legend and you know I know how much he's revered in in your country uh, and how much you know you bring to light about that but I don't think the world really truly understands how significant Sai is in, in comic book artistry and, and all the amazing things. He was so far ahead of his time. He put his his own legacy at risk, uh, you know, working with Martin Luther King. Um, there's so much to his story. So I, I don't know, uh, David, if you can share that with um, um, with Jermaine. Uh, um, you can just go to goatsky.com. Uh, uh, we, we had a, a poem shared. But... You know, look, we our job is to grow the market and we're just not ready because we're not funded yet. But we're it's a grassroots, you know, development and we're meeting great people like you. So thank you again, Jermaine. It's amazing to meet you and all that you're doing in the international community. So hopefully we can work together with you. No worries. Thank
1: you, uh, Scott, for, for the kind words. Uh, David, for your help. Uh, listeners. What do you think? Um, let us know your thoughts. Really, really want to know your thoughts. Email us. Put it on social media. Um, ground. This is ground zero. Well, not quite ground zero, but, you know, this is the opportunity to um, ask questions, uh, get involved and, and stuff like that. Um, it's a scary world out there. It's a, it's a fast-moving world, so um, make sure you ask some questions. Our website is chroniclechamber.com. Email, if you got, want to ask us those questions, chroniclechamber at gmail.com. And subscribe to us via YouTube or through your favourite podcast apps, including iTunes or Spotify. Don't forget to uh, tag a mate. Uh, let, it, let them know about what was happening as well. Um, from myself, uh, from everyone else at Chronicle Chamber, uh, thank you. Hope that excites you. Um, until next time, happy phantoming.